Hi, this is Shauna Burns, and you are listening to the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. My name is Lou Lombardi, a.k.a. Ludini, and we have another uh, uh, story for you guys today, a, what I call a story view. We have Shauna Burns on with us today, a uh, wonderful singer, songwriter, with uh, just an absolutely gorgeous voice, and uh, we're really going to enjoy uh, talking to Shauna, learning about her life and her music. She's got a, a single out that she released just a little while ago, earlier this fall, that we're going to be uh, playing for you guys. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, my name is Lou Lombardi, and this is the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus, and you can find that at ludinirockandrollcircus.com. Check back often for new stories and for our music podcast that we do once a week. Uh, that is the Ludini Hard Rock and Metal Circus with my co-host Keith Hawkins. And uh, it's a lot of fun. We, uh, we pick a fun topic and we goof off and we, have, we drink a lot of uh, bourbon on the show. And you're welcome to join us live at 8 p.m. on Facebook. Uh, Sunday night 8 p.m. on Facebook. We do it live on Facebook. It's a lot of fun, a lot of kidding around and a lot of chiming in and a lot of good information as well as some great bands that uh, you're just not going to hear on corporate radio. LudiniRockAndRollCircus.com to get all the playbacks on that, as well as all the news. Don't forget to find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Player FM as well. All right, guys. I have a great uh, show for you today. We've got um, uh, Shauna Burns on with us. Shauna is is a uh, uh, singer, songwriter, pianist. Um, She just released her own version of uh, Scarborough Fair, which we're going to be checking out. Shauna also has her own podcast. So... I, I haven't had many people on here who all said their fights, but I, ha- I have had. She's not the first. I've had a, I've had one or two others on here as well, so it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to be talking about all that good stuff. So, Shauna, welcome to the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. Hi, Lou. Thank you so much. And uh, hey, so, so you're calling in from where? Um, right outside of Salt Lake City in the mountains of Utah. Oh. And uh, we, we are around the Christmas seasons here. So, so you have. I bet that's absolutely gorgeous over there. It's so pretty because we just moved um, about a year and a half ago from Las Vegas. We were down, or in the Las Vegas area, and it was, you know, 115, you know, in the summer kind of thing. And so coming <laughs> up here, we for our first winter, it hit us so hard. I mean, we had. I mean, I went to school in Salt Lake at the University of Utah. So I thought, okay, I know winter, but we're up in the mountains now. We're not in the city. And it was a crazy blizzard. We weren't prepared. The kids had no snow boots. They had no mittens, oh, no. nothing. And so we got everything. So this year we thought, we're prepared. I got everything ordered. We got a massive snow blower, and it is like nothing. It, like, dusted last <laughs> night. So, and I said, I'm convinced it's because we spent all this money on the snowblower and all of this stuff. <laughs> but, so yeah, it's, it is really pretty though, but with a little yeah, bit, I, you know. Inspiring place to write music, I bet. Yeah, well, that's really kind of why we did Scarborough Fair. I had this idea, and this is kind of always what happens. I want to do a big project, but then the music has its own voice and Mm. just being inspired exactly what you were saying being in the mountains being in sort of the lush green especially coming from the desert you know and having that stark contrast and I just sort of heard this song and I 
really started to get into it, but sort of alternative versions that I could find online or Celtic women or things like that. So um, it wasn't until much later where it was when I sort of rearranged the song that I put it together. I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess Simon and Garfunkel did that song too, and <laughs> which probably is the most popular version, which I had never maybe had listened to it, I think, once, and um, which, you know, is very good as well. But this version is a little different. So, But, yeah, the surroundings definitely inspired it. So this, this, I was going to ask you, because Scarborough Fair is a traditional uh, uh, English folk tune. Um, yeah. We don't, it's like a public domain thing, right? There's no author on it, mm-hmm. correct? Right yes. Right. So, so I was yes. curious as yes. to like what made you, and, the, uh, and I'm probably older than you, so to me, <laughs> the Simon and Garfunkel uh, Scarborough Fair was like heavily in my consciousness. You know, I remember yes. hearing it a lot growing up. So I was just kind of wondering, like, and, it, and it, I think, is, is that just because it is just such a great sentiment? It's just such a great atmosphere? It, it, what is it about the song? Well, to me, it almost sounds um, medieval, and it's been around for hundreds of years. And the original structure of the song were, um, it's two parts. It's a male um, asking a, a woman or his wife or, you know, girlfriend or whoever. Lover, to, yeah. To lover, yes, of course. Um, okay. To do all these impossible tasks to earn his love and things mm. that she could never do, like stitch, you know, the blouse with no needle or thread or whatever that first line is. And and then the um, the part, and when I was researching the lyrics, I noticed like Simon and Garfield and a, a lot of the other more popular artists that did it mix they would mash up mix together both the male and female parts and so what i did is i only took what i could find the female response mm. so what i sing is only the female so you know you don't hear a couple of the verses are a little more abstract and it's so she's thinking okay well if this guy wants me to do all this i'm gonna say well you have to do all this and then maybe i'll show you the shirt, and um, and I loved that idea, and you know, being up here in the mountains, and you know, just walking around in the green lush, I started to really hear her voice, and um, I thought this could be something. This is something, and you know, I always go to the piano, you know, fiddle with the arrangement. I always have to uh-huh. noodle doodle it to make it fit and, and um, I just said we got to do it and another inspiration is my niece Caroline who um, is a Celtic harpist she's played on almost every project that I've done and she lives in the area and so she came over um, to the studio and recorded the harp and it was such a beautiful little compliment and um, it's it put that little Celtic peppering on it, and it's just the melody is so timeless, and it feels medieval to me. It feels yes. Oh no, um, it has that. No, that definitely has that for sure. And your version really brings that out. Yeah. Well. Yeah, that, it really does. I, I think with the instrumentation, but also sort of keeping true to the lyric, <laughs> and um. Well, your vocal style, too. Thank you. Thank you. Sometimes it's 
it well it is it's a very emotional thing because when I go into the studio and create that space and hopefully the kids aren't screaming on the other side of the door <laughs> which sometimes they are and um <laughs> you know you channel it and you have to you know bring it you have to set that space for it yeah. and sometimes you get there and that's magic it's really magical um, I say, well, you, we usually play the the song a little bit later, but since we started talking about it, let's go ahead and do it. Let's uh, give everybody, people are going like, well, what does it sound like? You want to hear it? <laughs> so let's go ahead and play it. Um, this is um, Shauna Burns, Scarborough Fair, and we're going to come back and we're going to, we're gonna we're gonna get your get a little bit more of some background on you. So everybody check this out. Shauna Burns version of Scarborough Fair, absolutely gorgeous. Check it out on the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus.
Absolutely beautiful, and definitely you have the very the Celtic medieval thing definitely going on uh, big time there. Let's talk a little bit about your background. How did you get like how did you get bit by the music bug in the first place? Well, my my mom really was the very first. She is a pianist, and she is amazing and plays everything, and she has a gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous Steinway that I always drool over um, in her house, And which I do have a Steinway too, but mine isn't upright and hers is a grand. But um, And really just she was my first teacher and, um, you know, playing and listening to her and talking about music, and, and then um, as... I was, you know, getting to be a teenager and that sort of thing. Really the inspiration of Tori Amos, um, Sinead O'Connor, Sarah McLaughlin, even later on Bjork, Depeche Mode even. I mean, I thought, okay, I can play the keyboard. I can be in Depeche Mode. I mean, I can <laughs> make that happen. I can right. live in, you know, and honestly, we and well, we ended up living in England for a little while, and I think I was totally inspired by Depeche Mode. And um, so it was really that. And so I graduated high school, you know, in the early 90s. And so it was very much like Nirvana, Depeche Mode, and, you know, that. In what era, like what, uh, about what kind of time frame were you living in England? We moved there um, 2003, 2000, or, yeah, 2003, 2004. Okay, so you were all, it's okay, you were an adult. Yeah, oh yeah, it was 10 okay. years after I graduated high school. Uh, okay, it's actually, okay, exactly so, 10 years after I graduated high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, okay, I, I got you. So, so uh, what happens? How do you go from, okay, I can do that, <laughs> to yeah. doing it? Because you've been in the music business for, for, uh, for a while. You have, uh, yeah. you celebrated a 10-year anniversary back in 2015. So you've been, you've been doing this for a while. I know. Well, it really started with when I met my husband, James, and he's a drummer, and he helps me produce and drums on all the albums and projects. And when we were in England, that was... Wait a minute, that's just, isn't that... Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, wait, stop. Yeah. Is this Sarah yeah. McLaughlin's husband, her drummer, or ex-husband, or... Was it? You know, it was. Yeah, and I think they are divorced now, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, you're right. I forgot about that. Yes. They, your fa- yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, okay, all right. Yeah. No accident there, Shauna. You're, you're I know. following well, her through fast. Let's hope the relationship doesn't follow up fast, but go ahead. I know. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, now we've been together for too long. We're stuck together now. So gotcha. <laughs> I have two kids and all that. Well, I guess they did too. But, um, but yeah, we really just laid that framework and we thought, okay, that's really when it came together when I met James. And um, at about that time, 2003, 2004, 2005, 
2005, we we went into the studio. We found a studio we liked and and recorded every thought. And we thought, well, let's really do this. Let's not, you know, just say, okay, here's my music, goodbye. You know, it was it was a big commitment, and we toured. I think, oh gosh, I want to say like five or six years straight. Just every music festival, Celtic festival, we even did like Renaissance festivals. We did, you know, everything from the coffee shop to, you know, bigger, you know, fairs and things like that. And um, this is when Borders, I remember we played a ton of even like Borders stores and things, everything that we did. Were you, were, did you, did you have, did, now, now, um, mm-hmm. because a lot of my people, a lot of people listen to my podcast are musicians and they're going to be like, Lou, why don't you ask her? <laughs> Yeah. How were you able to create that? Because it seems like, you know, you're just kind of here and you're, you know, how does it record record? Next thing you know, you're on tour. So for most well, people, it doesn't seem to work that way. Like they're kind of going, how do I get on tour? Like what do, so how did that, did you work, were you working with an agent or did you have a, like a kind of an in with that niche, that sort of Celtic niche or, or how did that happen? There was two things. Number one, and this is the honest, the truth, we met, Chip Schutzman, who is president and owner of Miles High Productions. We oh, yeah, Chip's a good guy. Yep, I know Chip. close, good friends, yes. We love Chip, and we continue. I mean, we still um, work together, and he eventually even started, you know, managing as well and doing, a you know, a big um, part in that. And he hooked us up with, I think we did have a booking agent at one time, and that was a big help. Sometimes you have to pay to have a booking agent to actually get in these places yeah. or to open. Like we opened for the Young Dubliners one time, and that was because we had a booking agent. Right. And sometimes you have to pay up front. I can't remember. I think we did a little bit, and then some of it we didn't. Um, mm, okay. And that so you, was so the you, other so thing. So you brought, trying you to, brought pit yeah. professional people in to help you guys. Like, yes. That, a when you're talking about the commitment. Yes. When you, that was yeah. part of the commitment was like, well, if we're going to do this, we've got to get people on our team that can like actually yeah. help us do this in a real way. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. Mark, okay, we worked with several marketers before. Um, and, and, and you know what the thing is? We've even worked occasionally with like radio promoters. And even though I like them, they're fine. I think as an indie artist, I, I don't I don't do that anymore. I just yeah. like we work with, you know, Chip pretty exclusively now and now we have a groundwork that we just kinda send to internet radio mostly. And sometimes it, you know, trickles up to normal radio, but the industry has changed so much for NDRs I wouldn't even bother <laughs> yes. paying yeah. like yeah. a radio guy anymore. Yeah. To be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that that's that's kind of what most of my the people I work with are saying the same thing too. So so you guys put the sort of band together. Now, are you you are billing yourself just as Shauna Burns at this point? Yeah. I, okay. Well, and I did both. Yes, I played solo shows and we had a band. So we had a full band because James would be drum. We had um, you know several guitarists: Steve Lemon, um, Ryan Tilby, Mark Kologi. We had. Different people at different times. And another thing we also did is we called places. If we knew, okay, we had to be in Portland for something, let's call around. Let's just try to find where are the locals playing, where are they hanging out. It's a lot of legwork, and it's a Mm. lot of timing, and it's connecting with other musicians. I got 
a lot of, or some, maybe not a lot, but some shows through other musicians I met online sometimes. Um, I remember one show we had in England was through a musician we met online. And so sometimes it's hit or miss, but it's a lot of legwork. And, I mean, I didn't have kids at the time, and that's why we don't tour as much. Um, but it's a lot of time and energy, and you have to just do it. Yeah. If you, if um, you so, so so yeah. how long were you guys all do, doing this sort of uh, touring thing? How many years were you guys doing that? Well, when, let's say 2005 to about Harrington was born in 2012, so 2011, so five, yeah, like wow. six. I would say about six years, <clears throat> pretty nonstop. Now, 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 what was the what was the most like? What was the like that? Now, you probably have to because you know every, everybody who plays has crazy stories. It doesn't yeah. matter. It doesn't <laughs> matter if you're playing in Joe's bar on Tuesday night or if you're you know I you know, like I've interviewed people like Leslie West and you know big rock stars and they you know everybody's got oh my God Lou you won't believe <laughs> I'm like no I believe it so give me like a kind of a interesting it could be anything it could be moving it could be sad, it could be funny, story from yeah. your touring era. <laughs> I'm sure you have well, many. A couple, thing, it, couple things are, I I played a keyboard, and I took my keyboard on the road, and, you know, we'd fly in planes, and so I'd have to check that keyboard. And I always said, man, guitarists have it so easy. They could just walk on the plane, have it in their backpack or their, you know, guitar case, where I have to check, you know, this hundred, you know, 85, I don't think it was 185 pound keyboard. And it was a monster and, you know, full weighted, um, you know, rolling keyboard. So I would say number one, that made it a little bit difficult sometimes. And, um, but I think the funnest and most surprising thing weirdly was playing so many Renaissance fairs. They, had the best people, the most lively people, like you could be in the middle of a set and someone is just going to be belly dancing right in front of you and, (laughs) you know, dressed in full head-to-toe, what is it, chain chain meal, chain Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, chain meal, I think. There's a big Ren Fair out here, out this way, in Pennsylvania, in Western PA, and yeah, it's, it's fun, though. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I'm I'm in my element, but it was just like, sometimes... Um, it was it was just a hoot. it was just so it was just so fun. I'm like I cannot even believe this. This is so fun, and um, but just and also the really touching part is and I'm always you know still surprised sometimes when you know we're playing a song and someone you know comes up to the stage and it's like oh I've been following you and I came here to see you and you know. And that is just so touching because sometimes you put it out and you're like, is anyone listening? I think they're listening because we're getting some response. But having that and, you know, wanting to spend time and to talk, that really is the most special part. And that's why we do it is because it is that conversation with, um, with the music and with each other. And that's the most special part. That's, what makes those live performances so special. So is Scarborough Fair, uh, is this part of a larger project or is this just a, is this just a sort of free floating single or? Yes, it's just a single, but I have to say the, I'm going to do in the next 
year, knock on wood, um, a project, an album that is very, it feels really similar. And, and I didn't realize it until after we recorded it and said, okay, we're just going to do this single. And um, so I would say it is, you know, a standalone single, but it definitely is a little taste of what's to come next. Mm, okay. It, it feels really similar. A lot of the songs, have, you know, have an English influence to them. So that's what, um, so, so how do you write? Like what, <clears throat> what like sort of like catches your ear and makes you want to sit down and at the piano and come up with something? <clears throat> well, Usually, it's actually lyrics or words or a phrase first, mm. and okay. I always try to have like a little book, you know, something to write down or in my phone. Now it's mostly in my phone, but um, and that sort of inspires what the music is. And again, you know, when we're talking about commitment to um, when you record, when you have two little kids, you have to make that time to sit at the piano and to sort of meditate and channel what is coming. And so sometimes, you know, it is a sad thing. Sometimes it is a fight. Sometimes it is, you know, um, something you don't understand. And what's sort of magical about the music is that things that are hard just naturally come, you know, through the filter and into the music through either storytelling or, you know, sort of um, uh, an example of, you know, what you're feeling. And then sometimes I'll look back, sometimes years later, and it will be like, oh, here's the answer to that. It's almost Mm. like it's a medicine or it helps you figure it out or the window was so foggy when the song was coming or you were so hurt by X, Y, and Z and then the song made it clear, but sometimes you have to sit with it. And so, you know, things that you don't understand, then the song helps you deal with it. It's really a so, so, thing. <clears throat> so it's a, it, let me ask you this, because um, what I'm hearing, and maybe correct me if I'm wrong, that, that music and writing, writing music is sort of almost like a spiritual practice for you. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's so things are kind of like you're working through stuff, you're channeling whatever the universe or whatever, mm-hmm. and yeah, that's kind yeah, of all coming yeah. together. And then even at the moment, you may not know exactly yeah. what it's trying to say, but maybe as it develops, maybe even five years or a couple of years or down the road, you go, aha, that's what was happening. That's what was going yeah. on. Yeah. Exactly. And sometimes you figure it out a lot sooner. Sometimes it is what it is, and you just want to mm. express this particular thing. And sometimes it's exactly like it's a spiritual journey. It's like a therapy. It's it's making that window clear in whatever capacity. What, tell me about the Thistle Glen podcast. Oh, yes, Thistle Glen. So... <laughs> I started this little podcast, quite golly, quite a while ago. When did it say? I was actually looking at that. Um, <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> but I start. when did this say? Let's see. Anyway. No, 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 no. Welcome to Thistle Glen. It was April 17, 
2007. Oh, oh, wow. Yeah. I thought I was a veteran. (laughs) (laughs) And what I started doing is just talking about the music, just talking Mm. about what album I was releasing or um, since we toured so much um, back then, it was I, sometimes I'd put live versions on there, sometimes hmm. covers, sometimes, you know, <laughs> saying what's going on, you know, during whatever show and if we're doing anything special or, yeah. you know, anything. Um, and it was just a feature and just to talk about the music. Sometimes, you know, I'd have other people on. We'd just kind of chat, um, things like that. And so... I've been trying to do it, you know, mostly around the music. Just It's just another element to enhance and talk about, you know, what's going on in a more personal way. As you know, being yes. an awesome podcaster, um, it's just, it's like the new radio way. But oh, yeah. when mm-hmm. everybody wants to listen. But the other thing about Cecil Glenn, and no matter... Even if I don't do a project, even if, if it's a year that I'm super quiet, I will always do a haunted Halloween podcast. Oh, <laughs> that, that sounds been, fun. Yeah, <laughs> and it's been going for a while, and it's always like witches something. So like the last one was Witch's Eyes and Witch's Mountain, Witch's Dream. And so it's this ongoing story about these group of witches that torment people. <laughs> and so... <laughs> And it's spooky. I've sent it to friends, and they said I can't listen to this at night. I can't listen to this while I'm by myself. Honestly, I mean, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It's it's fun. So that is what this little gun is about: witches and music, essentially. What's What's great about podcasting for musicians, and I like some of the people that I coach, I like try and encourage them to, you know, kick them in the butt to do a podcast because you can actually do like just what you're talking about. You can actually bring the music in as part of it. So mm-hmm. it's a kind of like, it, 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 I think it's perfect for musicians. Like, cause I don't like to actually sit down and like type out a blog. So I find the pot, my podcast is my blog, you know, so I sit and talk to people like you and, you know, whoever, and we talk about music and we get into these different topics and it's fun and interesting and I, 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 you know, I, I, I see that's that's kind of how I see it because everybody's like, well, you know, you need to have a blog, and that's how you know you can keep the audience, your friend, your fans entertained, you know, even when you're not releasing anything. <clears throat> well, do a podcast. Yeah, well, and they, it's Especially so easy for them to just click and listen to it. I mean, you know, you, yeah. we have it on the website, like you, and on iTunes, it's so you can get it different ways. It's so easy. It's such an yeah. easy way, I to get your message out or you know to express yeah and they could put it on in the background like while they're like at their office or Mm -hmm. you know or whatever you know or crew you know give listen to the cars now and everything so definitely Uh, that's fantastic i didn't know you were doing it that long that's that's awesome maybe you should have me on as a guest on your podcast i know i know and the funny thing i've (laughs) i've had a few guests the longest guest i've had um was a musician um and of course it was depeche mode inspired his name was brian hazard in this he does his band, or not his band. His musician name is Color Theory, and he had just done a Depeche Mode covers. And I said, and I hadn't really like interviewed anybody. I just had like my niece on and other, you know, very small, rare, you know, things. I said, come right. on, and we talked for like forty-five minutes. It was like the longest podcast I've ever done because <laughs> it was like what we're doing now. It was so much fun, and I just 
And we talked a lot about the Mode, of course, you know. <laughs> um, so. Okay, I'd like to keep you on too long, but I have to ask because um, you have a background in, of all things, anthropology. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. you said you say that anthropology has is part of your songwriting. Could you, like, talk about that for a minute? Yes. And what's funny is that when I started school, when I decided, okay, we got to – because it took me 10 years to graduate college. I was on a 10-year plan, actually, and <laughs> so the four-year tenure. And, um, it was just too much fun. You couldn't tear yourself away. You know, you know, you know. <laughs> and I thought, okay, I'm going to do music. It's going to be like this. And then I just discovered I'd, I much, it was just better for me to do individual personal study with individual teachers as opposed to mm-hmm. making a major because it's a lot of classical, which I do love, but it's a lot of playing other people's stuff. And mm. I was just like, which is fine, but I I take other people's stuff and I'm Shaunaize it. I mm. I rearrange it. When we do the yeah. winter gathering, the holiday album, it was all new arrangements because I I have to find my way in. So anyway I was looking for other majors and I was a history major for a little while, and then I discovered anthropology, which is the cultural study of, um, cult, or rather, cultural identity studies. And um, I did a lot of Native American study, a lot of um, Egyptian study, actually, and um, Celtic, obviously, and things like the um, Saxons and Celts and things like that, and all those things, and the mummies and the bog mummies and. It was just so fascinating to me to learn of these cultural, different cultures through time. And Mm. and I sort of envision, honestly, songwriting as sort of this dig that you go on because songwriting for me really has been about relationships. It's been about storytelling. It's been about, you know, discovering and what are we saying to each other? How? What is working? What isn't working? With relationships, with culture, with our families, and that really is what anthropology is about. Why do we do the things we do to each mm. other? Because anthropology is people, where like paleontology is like animals and dinosaurs and things like that. So it's right. all about the people, your interaction, interactions, and things like that. So that's why it fascinated me so much. And I know I did work a little bit in anthropology, but now I sort of use it as a little tool as opposed to being a professor. So, All right, I got you. And so why don't you go ahead and tell us what does the next uh, – so we're ending, we're ending 2017 right now, guys. If those of you are <clears throat> listening, we are, uh, we're recording this at the very end of 2017. So what is coming up in 2018 for Shauna Barnes? Yes, well, mostly being mommy to two crazy boys. <laughs> okay. Um, and yes, oh, see, Ronan just ran in. Um, but also, like I was saying before, honing this new project, um, it very much feels really English to me. It's very. Wee. We're on a, a, a chair that goes around and Ronan, he just turned three. And so he was saying we. But um, but honing this music and figuring out the arrangements and figuring out the instrumentation for Fantastic. that. 
So okay, that's, awesome. That's really what we're so going to do. So getting your new record together, so basically is what, yeah. you're, what you're working on for next for the next. Yes, year. yes. That's fantastic. Cool. Are you are you playing out at all, or are you just sort of taking a break from that to work on your your? We your are record? taking a little break of of playing out, and it's mostly because of the kiddos and things like that. Every now and again, you know, we can do um, a little. A little mm. something, something, but as far as like a proper tour and a you know proper things like that, we're gonna just take a little bit of a break. Right, not ready, not not as not right now. Right, I got you. I totally got yeah. you. Um, okay, little, so why yeah. don't you go ahead? <laughs> why don't you go ahead and tell everybody out there uh, where they can find you on the internet and keep up uh, with uh, what you have going on and how they can listen to your podcast? Yeah, easiest place, shawnaburns.com. And there's music section there, a podcast section there. Everything, the clicks are really easy. But, of course, we're on Amazon, we're on iTunes, CD Baby, everywhere where digital music is available, we are there. So, But it's really easy, shawnaburns.com. Is, it has all the links right there for you. Excellent. All right, Shauna. Well, thank you so much for uh, being here today. It was a, it was a good talk. It was a lot of fun. And um, if you have a minute uh, to hang out uh, uh, before we uh, – got to wrap up the podcast, but I need to do just a little bit of business with you before we're, we're, after we're done. You got a minute? Yes, of course. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. <clears throat> no problem. All right, everyone. That was Shauna Burns. And I'll tell you a wildly uh, interesting person with um, just very cool music. And uh, what, a, what a great story. You know, this the, uh, <laughs> the life on the road, the – how it all kind of came together and uh, working with Chip, uh, the the you know playing the Renaissance fairs, the you know and and as you guys can see, it sort of all flows real well with the kind the style of music um, that, that she plays too. There's a whole sort of like vibe there. There's a whole sort of like if I dare make a a, a marketing uh, use a marketing expression, it's an entire brand uh, there that's really well put together. It really uh, it, you know. Sounds like it came together kind of serendipitously, and as well as uh, I'm sure there was definitely, obviously, there was a lot of thought as well that went into it. So, fascinating interview with a really uh, wonderful person. We had a lot of laughs, and it was a good time. ShawnaBurns.com is the website. Let me spell in case you're a little uh, mixed up on the spelling. It's S H A U N A B U R N S dot com. <clears throat> Check out everything that uh, Shauna has going out there. Uh, the the latest track that they have, or the uh, single they released in October. Great version of Scarborough Fair. And uh, also I wanted to mention as well, uh, there is a YouTube channel uh, where you can um, see uh, some of what she has going on. There's some great live um, uh, footage as well. So you can you can te- check out what Shauna does. Guys, thanks so, so much for hanging out. We've whittled away another uh, story time here on the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. Remember, you go to LudiniRockandRollCircus.com for all your Ludini needs, music podcasts, and these great stories with these amazing artists like Shauna. Guys, it's been a lot of fun. Um, I had a, a great time, as always. And I just want to keep give you guys, leave you guys with one last thing before we get out of here. It doesn't really matter if you're hanging out at the local Ren Fair or you're, you're touring the world or, you know, you're sitting there with the covers over your head because you're listening to Shauna's podcast about witches. It doesn't matter. The most important thing to remember, guys, is that you, yes, you are the revolution. My name is Lou Lombardi, Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. We'll catch you guys in the next podcast.